The Corporate Climb is a business and culture podcast that focuses on the experiences of minority women climbing up the corporate ladder. It is not intended to discriminate against those who are not considered minorities. However, it is intended to bring awareness to the workplace and, well, you. So when they come knocking trying to find me, I tell them all. You know the story, amateurs turn winners. What's up, everyone? Happy Tuesday, February 22nd of 2022. It's your girl, D, and my co-host, Sparky. That's right, that's right. And together we bring to you the Corporate Climb Show, airing every Tuesday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major podcast platforms. I'm talking Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We're probably on it but if we're not on it send me an email at the corporate climb at gmail.com or find me on twitter at the corp climb let me know i'm not on your favorite podcast platform and i'll do my best to get on it sparky what's up it's been a week what's up, how you baby? doing we're um, back i'm fresh off vacation how you feeling <laughs> i'm feeling great it's good to see you again d how was it where'd you go tell us all about it you you, you sound great <laughs> you look like you gained 10 pounds. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, I gained that vacation weight. That's all right. You know, I'm in the gym regularly. I'll lose it again. But listen, you know what it is when you're in love and you're feeling the vibes? You're going to gain some weight. It's called the date weight, right? You know, the, the, the weight you put on when you're dating someone, I, I guess. But listen, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this trip real quick. I'm not advertising for Jamaica. I'm not advertising for Montego Bay, if you want to be specific, nor am I advertising for the hotel we stayed at, which was Breathless. Also, sister, the sister hotel of that is um, Secrets, right? I'm not advertising for them, not paying me to say this, but guys, gals, listen. If you want to get away and not break the bank, right? Still going to break the bank a little bit, but not like you would if you were going to go to like Turks and Caicos or something, but like We went to Montego Bay. We stayed at Breathless. We had a swim out. So like basically there was a pool in our room. We could just swim out and it overlooked the whole like pool side of the resort in the Bay Area. And we had a butler service. So I hardly had to leave to get drinks. They just were bringing them to the room. Even the, the, the room service, like the food was fantastic. It was like fantastic. But on top of all that, they had like probably like 12 different restaurants to go to and there's no way unless you were eating breakfast lunch and dinner that you could clear all these restaurants in a week that was that many options to choose from and typically when you go to all inclusives you know it's all inclusive so they don't make the best drinks and they don't serve the best food but let me tell you something sparks i had this oxtail to die for i had lamb and i don't even eat lamb and i tried it and oh it was to die for you know and I really don't like eating lamb because I think about the cute little sheep and like breaks my heart but I you know I was like let me just try it I'm on vacation it was so good we went to this rooftop bar called altitude it was like a you know you can have like dinner and stuff on the roof whatever we go up there and I had this appetizer and it was like this light dough and inside the dough it was like this nice crisp wrap it was wrapped Inside of it was scallops and cream cheese. Oh my goodness. I want to go back just for that. So, so, so good. So good. I honestly recommend if you ever, ever want to get away, go to Montego Bay, stay at Breathless or Secrets, get yourself a swim out, 
or swim up, whatever they call it, and just chill out. I'm telling you, I will never, ever, 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 ever go on vacation like that again and not have a swim out or a swim up in a hot tub in my room. Oh, it's a game changer. It was a game changer. I can talk about that vacation the entire podcast, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, This episode, we are going to finalize our series on the Trailblazers run that we've been doing for the last three episodes. This will be the third one, part three. And today, we are going to put a little spotlight on Miss Issa Rae. Now, if you don't know who Issa Rae is, Issa Rae just finalized a hit series. It went through like five or six seasons on HBO called Insecure. I was put on Insecure a few years ago by my friend Christina, and she was like, you have to watch this show. The main character reminds me of you. And I haven't stopped watching it since, and I was actually really sad to see it go off. But it's she, from the beginning to the end, Issa Rae and her team, they created an epic, I mean epic series on HBO called Insecure, where it really just goes through the come up and the journey of a African-American woman who's going through her 20s and 30s and, you know, going through that transition of going from college to trying to figure it out, being broke and watching your friends become successful. And you're trying to figure out, you know, why am I not as successful as my friends? Some of the friends have kids and you're the one who's not. And instead, you're going through all these ups and downs in your relationship and trying to figure out why everyone's life seems to be going as planned, but yours. And it was really, really inspiring for me, at least because I I felt like that. And, you know, it was it was relatable to me you know at a time in my life I was watching all my friends get married and have children and buy homes and I'm like did I do something wrong like how come my life isn't going that way like how come I'm not buying the house and getting married and have the nice ring on my finger and have one kid and two kids like why isn't that my story and then I realized as as you know my 20s sailed away into my 30s that it just wasn't my story. Everyone has their own unique story, their own unique climb, if you will, in life, their own unique journey to bring. And this show kind of made me feel like at some points in my life where I wasn't alone. And it's just a great series. So if you have the chance, definitely check out Insecure, co-written, co-produced by Issa Rae. We're going to talk about her journey, her story throughout this episode of The Corporate Climb. Part three, of trailblazers miss Issa Rae oh I feel so good right now Sparks you have no idea vacation just has set me just put me in a whole different mindset I have so much to share with you guys on top of talking about Issa Rae's career and a little bit of her backstory but before we get into that let's get into some music I want to play red red wine And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to play this song after we're done playing it. But a lot of you don't know, Red Red Wine has some history. A lot of people think that the song Red Red Wine was written by and performed by Bob Marley. I'm going to correct you. It was not. Red Red Wine was covered by UB40 in 19... Hold up. 1983 but I assure you it was not written by UB40 in 1983 or 1970 you'll find out who actually wrote the song Red Red Wine after we're done listening to it in the meantime 
Here's Red Red Wine by UB40. This one's for you, babe. All I can do, I've got Mary's UB40, Red Red Wine, covered in 1983. Yes, since this show interwines music and business, let me break down the lyrics for you because my boyfriend, we got on the plane to go back home and was like singing this song. And I'm like, what? What are you doing? And he's like, you know, singing a song. And I'm like, dude, that is so depressing. He's like, why? Because nobody really breaks down what the heck this guy is singing about. So let me just break this down to you while you all are dancing on a nice summer night in the Caribbean. Red, red wine. Ghost to my head. Makes me forget that I still need her so. Red, red wine. It's up to you. All I can do, I've done. Memories won't go. Memories won't go. I have sworn that with time, thoughts of you will leave my head. I was wrong. Now I find just one thing makes me forget. Red, red wine. Stay close to me. Don't let me be alone. It's tearing apart my blue heart. Basically, this guy is going through a heartbreak and finding comfort in alcohol, red wine to be exact. So while all you guys are jamming on a summer night or a spring night or whatever it may be, please know that you are jamming to some depressing depressing yet great music originally wrote by ding 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 I bet you won't get it I bet you won't I'm gonna give you three seconds to figure this out three two one red wine the song originally written and performed and recorded by American singer Neil Diamond in 1967 
Neil Diamond wrote that song, ladies and gentlemen. You would have never thought that. Most of you thought that Bob Marley wrote the song and performed the song, and you were all sadly wrong. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond wrote Red Red Wine, 1967. It was later covered by UB40 in the 80s. How about that for some fun trivia facts? I like to call those Snapple facts. Facts that we may use or may not use, but they're always good to know. So that's that. Scott was singing this song, and I'm like, what in the world? And I was so mad at him because he's singing a song on the plane, and then he goes to sleep or whatever he does, right? So we get off the plane, and for the last, like, five freaking days or however long it's been since we've been back, the song is the only song that's been going through my head. And I'm telling him, and he's like, oh, well, you know, he just says I'm sitting, he says it and then forgets it. Me, I like, I'm holding on to it. And now it's the only song that's running through my head. And I'm just like, oh my God, out of all the songs that I can possibly want to sing from my vacation, Red Red Wine is the one that is running through my head. And I don't even think we heard the song all but once or twice while we were there, but because it was the last thing that I heard on the flight back home, oh, oh my goodness. Speak of that flight back home, Sparky. O-M-G. Let me tell you about this flight back home after we give a shout out to our partners. Take it away, Sparks. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the story. But big shout out to HR May of Princeton, Garden State Council Sherm, and Soul Hire. You guys, gals, if you have not gotten involved with a HR chapter, we strongly encourage you to do so here at the Corporate Climb. Getting involved in a professional chapter, a professional group, surrounding yourself with a network of people who are like-minded or have had years more of experience in you so you can learn from them is so important and critical to your growth and development. You can also join these groups if you are interested in learning more about human resources or if you are looking for a job in human resources. Oftentimes they have insight before things go public. It's just a great way to just really just, you know, totally dive into your HR careers and your HR climb. So if you're not already involved in a chapter, get involved in a chapter. Dee's a part of HRMA of Princeton and also Garden State Council. Share them. Back to you. Thanks, Sparky. Oh my goodness. I have got to tell you guys about this flight back home. Somebody got kicked off the plane. It was insane. Five o'clock newsworthy. But before we get into that, Sparky, is that that Neil Diamond song, Red Red Wine, the original? Play it for the people. It's up to you All I can do I've done But memories won't go No memories won't go I'd have sworn that with time thoughts of you would leave my head. I was wrong, and I find just one thing makes me forget. Red, red wine. Stay close to. Tearing apart 
I know most of you guys are like, all right, D, turn that off. But we got to pay respect to Neil Diamond, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. If you don't know who Neil Diamond is, that's for a whole other episode. I'm sure at some point I will brush up on it, but I don't want to take away from Issa Rae or telling you the story about the person getting kicked off the plane. But I just wanted to educate you guys. That is the original Red Red Wine song written by and performed by Neil Diamond in the 1960s, covered by UB40 in the 1980s. So just some history for you there. Oh my goodness. Scott and I were on the plane to get back home on Valentine's Day. Great way to spend Valentine's Day in the air, first class, just cruising. And um, I just want to paint you this picture. So we're sitting in, you know, 1A and 1B, which is the first seats on the plane. So I'm on the window side where I can see that little tunnel that connects the, you know, the airport to the plane that they like pull out when you're walking off and on the plane. Anyway, I'm telling you this because... We're on the plane and we haven't taken off yet. Everyone's getting settled and the flight attendant comes. He's like, walks up the aisle. He's like, I'm not dealing with this today. I'm not dealing with this woman for three hours. And we're like, what's going on? So everyone looks back and long story short, this woman refused to go back to her seat in which she purchased. She wanted to sit close to her two friends and this, the plane wasn't full, but I guess the guy was pretty much like, listen, go to your assigned seat. And then when, you know, we go up in the air, when the seatbelt sign comes off, you can go talk to your friends, but she didn't want to do that. She wanted to sit with them, take off. And he told her no. So he goes to the front. He's all upset. He's like, this woman's trying to get a cameo on the five o'clock news. And I'm not going to be a part of this, this cameo, whatever it may be, tells the captain captain kicks her off the plane and she's fussing and screaming and security comes they kick her off the plane and now she's in that little tunnel thing and I can see it so she's going on and on about how this guy doesn't like black people mind you the flight attendant was light-skinned so he certainly was mixed and he certainly was black or if he wasn't black he was certainly he had some he had some culture to him ladies and gentlemen I'll leave it there so I didn't understand that comment but anyway she's just like you don't want me on the plane because she drops the n-word because i'm the n-word you know you want to say the n-word everyone on the plane is like what is going on she's crying and fussing her friend she's traveling with two girlfriends okay hear this out her one girlfriend comes up and does like the the act of friendship if you will She's like, that's my friend. Calm down, such and such. Just say sorry so you can get back on the plane. You know, she's apologizing to the flight attendant, say she didn't mean to, blah, 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 blah. You know, she's doing her friendly duties to stand up for her friend, right? So let me tell you guys something. The captain comes out and he's like, listen, ma'am, you have two choices. You can get off the plane with your friend or you can take a seat. Y'all. She definitely took a seat, that door closed, and she left her friend in Jamaica, okay? All by herself, no other flights going back to New Jersey. And they were like, well, she can catch a plane tomorrow, but tonight she's staying in Jamaica. And the girl was like, I'm a female, you're leaving me in Jamaica, I have no money. You would have thought one of her girlfriends would have at least like said, I'll Venmo you or tossed her a credit card uh, or something. Let me guess. That didn't happen. No, I mean, from what we saw, it didn't happen, Sparks. But, you know, let's just hope that when the plane landed, they Venmoed her some money. Because let me tell <laughs> this is so messed up. So 
The door closes and the woman at this point is crying, but she's staring at the door because she has this look of hope. I mean, I'm looking right in her eyes. She's like crying when she realizes that they're not letting her back on the plane. And she's got this look of hope that her friend who stepped up to the flight attendant and fought that good old good, that that good fight for friendship, right, was going to come off the plane, right? And as the door closed, you watched hope just fade away from her face her her eyes went from having hope to hopeless and then she just started bawling bawling when she realized that she was not getting back on that plane and her friends were not coming off the plane that she was alone in Jamaica it was really sad but a little bit funny at the same time like I mean it's not funny but it is kind of funny I guess you had to be there to laugh but like Uh or to just be in shock but oh my god just to watch the look of hope go from hope to hopeless as that door closed (laughs) and she realized her friends were not getting off that plane to support her and have her back oh my goodness oh no that friendship is probably forever ruined forever ruined Listen, guys and gals, real quickly, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter, at The Corp Climb. Check us out on LinkedIn. Check our website out, www.thecorporateclimbshow.com, where you can check out this episode and any episode we aired prior to. This is episode 15. Can't stop, won't stop. We're on the air every Tuesday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major podcast platforms. Next week, we'll be doing it again and so on and so forth. Back to you, Dee. I'd like to dedicate this song to our lady who got kicked off the plane. Take it away. About a thing. Yeah. That's so messed up, D. <laughs> you are so wrong for that. I gotta do it for the culture. I gotta do it for the culture. Man, I hope every little thing was all right. Oh, man, I felt so bad for that woman, but it, it did kind of uh, give me a nice chuckle to end my vacation uh, laughing at somebody else's pain, right? Because I'm sure she certainly didn't find any part of that funny. Anyway. Hopefully she knows that every little thing is going to be all right. And if you guys don't know that every little thing is going to be all right, no matter what you're going through, getting kicked off planes, getting left in Jamaica, maybe you lost your job or you're just going through a rough patch in your career or going through something personally. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, every little thing is going to be all right. If you wake up in the morning, smile with the rising sun, look outside your window. You may find three little birdies singing along, singing a song. That was Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. Oh, man. Saying? This is my part. Put it up.
Yes. Every little thing is gonna be all right. That's right. What does Tupac say? If you can make it to tonight, through tonight, there's a brighter day. Yes. If you can make it through tonight, you wake up in the morning and there's three little birdies singing at your doorstep. It's gonna be all right. It's another chance, another day, another opportunity. Just hang in there a little bit longer. I want to go back to Issa Rae for a second, not too long, but I just want to shine some light on her career. Uh, If you haven't heard of Issa Rae, certainly check her out. Issa Rae is the co-producer and uh, co-writer, co-creator of the hit series on HBO called Insecure. If you haven't seen Insecure, certainly check it out. It is just, it's just great. Uh, One of my favorite television series. But how did that even come to play? In 2011, Issa Rae, she writes this or she produces this web series and it's called An Awkward Black Girl. And the web series premiered in 2011 on YouTube. And by season two, it was picked up by Pharrell, right? The, the, The musician Pharrell, the producer Pharrell, who then put it on his YouTube channel and it just went viral. In 2015, Issa Rae writes this book called The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl, obviously stemming from that web series, but that web series actually stemmed from stories of her life and her own struggles and her growing up in an all white neighborhood. She used to live in a different country and then coming to America, living in LA, her parents divorced when she was in high school. Her dad was a doctor, mom's a teacher. She moves to LA and now she's in an all black neighborhood and just her experience of her feeling like I don't fit in. So that New York Times bestseller, again, called The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl, she talks about that feeling of not fitting in when she was around people who look like her, but she just didn't feel like a part of that because she didn't grow up in an all black neighborhood. She grew up in an all white neighborhood. She had her best friend was Jewish and she it was was a culture shock to her, right? Her own culture shocked her. How about that? A lot of us can relate to that. I can relate to that. I grew up in an all-white neighborhood, grew up in Plainsburg, New Jersey. At the time, it was all-white. Now it's predominantly Asian population. When I was growing up, it was predominantly Caucasian, and things have since then changed. But when I was growing up, you know, that was a neighborhood I grew up in. My friends, well, my my friends are pretty diverse, actually. Uh, My best friend... I have a best friend who's Puerto Rican and Muslim and Italian. I have another best friend who's from Peru, another best friend who's white, other best friend who's, um, she's from Spain and Cuba, you know, multi, multi, I call it my United Nations friends, right? And we met in high school, but when we were growing up predominantly, Plainsboro, West Windsor, Plainsboro, the school district we we went to or grew up in, it's predominantly a a white school district. Um, So I definitely know, know what that's like because after I had left there, I went to Scranton for a year, all white and uh, pretty much all white uh, college it's a Jesuit college and then you know I felt like I didn't fit in and I really wanted to tap into the culture and be around more diversity and stuff like that I just told you who my, my friends were in high school and they're still my girlfriends today and so I go to temple and you know I'm in I'm in shock you know I'm just like uh you know trying to identify with the people I'm trying to identify with myself and figure out who I am so I totally can relate to Issa Rae and her story which is probably why I I love her work because it's relatable to me Um, but you know, outside of that recently, she released this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, check it out. It's called the photograph. It's so good. I don't know if it's on Netflix. It might be on Netflix, but check it out or rent it from Amazon prime or something. But the photograph so good. She released that in 2020 real cute movie. Um, great message behind it. Um, so, you know, that's Issa Rae in a nutshell, uh, October of 
October 11th, 2019, Google announced that Issa Rae would be an additional voice to the Google Assistant. So if you didn't know that, now you know. Also in 2019, Issa Rae, through her newly launched record label, uh, partnered with Atlanta Records to produce Kind of Love by singer and rapper Tamar. So that's cool. Bet you didn't know that. So she's got her hands in a lot of things. And I, I strongly encourage you, if you haven't heard about Issa Rae, Google her check out her work the photograph movie released in 2020 check out insecure on hbo you can go back 10 years check out her web series on youtube check out her book she's just tapped into a lot she's got a podcast too which is pretty cool so check it out that's a that's a spotlight on Issa Rae. Whoop, whoop. And what a spotlight it is on Miss Issa Rae. I love Insecure HBO. If you guys have not seen it, go check it out. Let's get into some music. Indiari, I am not my hair. Yes, Miss Indiari, I Am Not My Hair. I love that record. So love that record. The messaging behind it is beautiful. She's pretty much telling people, I am not who you think I am based on what I look like. I'm the soul that lives within. I am not just my hair. I am the soul that lives within. Wow, great record. If you haven't heard it, I'm sure most of you have heard it. But if you haven't heard it, certainly check it out. Indiari, I am not, which leads me into kind of an introduction to next week's episode. We're going to talk about how to tell people who we are without actually telling people who we are. Huh? Let me say that again. Next week's episode, we are going to talk about how to tell people who we are without actually verbally telling people who we are. Okay? Like, Everyone knows that person who always has to tell you about their entire background before they start a conversation. How do we move past that? How do we move past the whole five-minute introduction of our background before we feel it's okay for us to have a conversation? How do I, how do we tell people who we are without actually telling people our resumes, our stories, and being long-winded to the point where we lose people before we even actually get to the point of the conversation. How do we do that? I know some of you are thinking about certain people that you've come across in your careers, maybe at your current workplace, that always feel the need to just remind you of their title or their backgrounds or their credentials or where they were prior to being there, right? 
We all know somebody like that. How do we avoid that? How do we feel comfortable and confident enough in ourselves to not have to go through the whole spiel and just get down to business? We'll talk about all that and more next week on the Corporate Climb Show, airing every Tuesday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major podcast platforms. Until then, see ya. Sparky, take us away. Hey everyone, it's me, Sparky. Thanks for joining us today on The Corporate Climb. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter at The Corp Climb. See ya!